somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And it is debate season, folks. And finally, the Democrats are being forced out there to debate. And, you know, it's it's a real problem um, for a lot of these Democrat candidates. But it's a shame. It's a shame from the mainstream media and the corporate paid media and the globalist corporate paid media. It's a shame that they are not pressing these candidates to give people the information that they need. It's this, you know, global funding, this corporate funding that's energy, uh, that's basically uh, financing all these different ads. And the ads themselves are portraying a whole pack of lies. And... And then when you get to see two candidates debate, you, you get to see the, you know, sort of like uh, the taster's choice. But the problem with that is, in some cases, it's a little too little too late. In some cases, I mean, why anybody would be voting early before a Fetterman, and they kept that under wraps. No one really knew when that debate was going to happen for a while. And then Finally, the date was marked and, you know, but people have been voting in Pennsylvania for quite some time now. So this is really something that's just uh, has to stop. Um, President Biden, uh, Joe Biden, issued a state of emergency over COVID when just a couple of weeks ago or about 10 days ago, He's making them rounds and saying, we've beat it. We COVID's over. Then what's the point of the state of emergency? Is it to rig elections? Because they're now trying to say that the Republicans are out, for, out to no good when all the hidden undercover tape indicates that it's people like Katie Hobbs that are rigging elections in Arizona. Project Veritas is all over her. And she can't answer any questions. 
It's just a pack of lies, a pack of criminals, a pack of corruption. And the people that are in power right now are the last remnants of the old guard. Doesn't mean we're going to have a new guard of corruption. But right now we are trying to get rid of the old guard. The Mitch McConnells and Lindsey Grahams of the world. And to say no to people like Nikki Haley and and even Kirsty Nome. These are players. And what we have to do is we have to do better going forward. We have to pick real people. I think Lee Zeldin is the perfect choice for New York. He had his debate with uh, with uh, Hochul, and the the two couldn't be far farther apart, policy wise. New York has a great choice. They just have to get over this mantra of generations of Democrat voters telling their their siblings and offspring to vote Democrat. Where's it gotten them? The state's crime is so bad. The taxes are so high. And that's taxation taxation without representation. It's what our founding fathers talked to us about. But the Democrats they they have nothing to say. They just they're blowing hot air. They're blowing hot air. That's all they're blowing. You take a listen to this gibberish coming out of Joe Biden's mouth right now. He's talking about Kamala. He's talking about Kamala Harris. You elected the highest ranking black Indian with Indian background women in America history to be vice president. And you elected the highest ranking black Indian with Indian background woman in American history to be vice president. Does it get any more obvious than that, that they're trying to tap into that Indian vote? They saw how well it worked out in the UK with uh, um, Kishi Sukan. And, uh, and, and they saw how, how vibrant the Indian voting base is. And they remember when Modi came to the United States and he and, Joe, and Donald Trump filled up the Astrodome. Or whatever it was. It was in Houston, I think. And it was uh, a huge, huge arena that they filled up. Donald Trump and Modi. And Modi now is about to join BRICS. And India is a lot more conservative than a lot of the other states in the Middle East. And he's he wants to tap into that Indian voting block. And do you see how cheesy that was? How weak that was I don't think there's an Indian alive you know from India I don't think there's an India Indian alive that identifies with Kamala Harris politics because they don't stand for anything it's absolutely disgusting and it's so obvious it's as obvious as Joe Biden saying he calls COVID a global health emergency after declaring last month that he uh, 
after declaring last month that the pandemic was over, right? Here we go. Strongly disagree. This is a global health emergency. If we really want to put COVID behind us, we have to keep up the fight together. We can't leave people to face it alone. Some members of Congress say they don't want to move. Strongly disagree. So this is just a way to control people, like climate change. It's a ruse. Don't fall for it, people. Don't allow this to happen. Push back. Speak up. Denounce it. Stand against it. Here's Joe Biden with this announcement. Some of our friends in Congress say we don't need COVID funding. Or they say there's really no reason that the government should be paying for it. I strongly disagree. Strongly disagree. This is a global health emergency. If we really want to put COVID behind us, we have to keep up the fight. Right. And here, here he is here. Virtually every COVID death in America is preventable. Virtually everyone. Almost everyone who will die from COVID this year will not be up to date on their shots or they will not have taken Paxlovid when they got sick. Well, get get the, get your shots uh, is another word for vaccine mandates, which is another word for social credit scores because they want to track you, which is another uh, uh, phrase for take a pill that has a tracking device. That'll be next. One COVID shot each year will be all they need. And if you get it, you're protected. And if you don't, you're putting yourself and other people on necessary risk. The shot is free. It's widely available and conveniently located just in time for the holiday season. Look. Oh, the shot is free. Okay. I got one for you, folks. You haven't heard, <clears throat> you haven't heard this one. You have not heard this one. This is new. Came out from uh, Bloomberg. And uh, Jennifer Say, the uh, woman who was, she was on the Ingram angle uh, last night. She was the woman that was opposing woke corporate decision making. And she got fired from Levi's. So, you know, shame on Levi's. American brand, Levi's. They've gone global. And they've gone woke. And that Levi's brand is tarnished forever uh, now. If you could find a different alternative source to buy your jeans other than Levi's, do it. But not that that makes that much of a difference because BlackRock probably owns them all. But uh, Pfizer plans to sell its COVID vaccine at a 10,000% markup in 2023. Can you believe that? Now, that's, uh, by the way, that's Yahoo Finance. That's Yahoo Finance, I believe, put that out. Yep. Pfizer plans to sell its COVID uh, vaccine at a 10,000% markup. For over two years now, the U.S. government has purchased all of the COVID vaccines administered in, in the country. In let's see, this in what has become the largest public vaccination campaign in American history. Those purchases have and resulted in the biggest theft of the middle class in history. 
Those purchases have included more than 500 million doses from Pfizer. The first 100 million cost around $20 a dose. So those purchases have included more than 500 million doses from Pfizer. The first 100 million cost $20 a dose. Thanks to an early agreement in which the U.S. government invested $1.95 billion, roughly $2 billion in vaccine production. The remaining doses were bought for around $30 each. So I think what Trump was initiating it, it was cheaper. And now the crooked politicians have gotten in and there's got to be more room in the margins for kickbacks. Fauci calls them royalties. Three ways to reduce invisible labor for women. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I just pulled a Biden right there, right? D-O-T. End of phrase. (laughs) But once the U.S. government supplies run out, likely in the first quarter of 2023 in COVID vaccines and therapeutics are moved onto commercial health platforms, Pfizer is able to hike up the prices of its shots. The company announced on October 20th, no one's going to buy them, by the way, that it intends to sell the COVID vaccine marketed under the brand name of Comernity. So this is the trade brand. It's going to be C-O-M as in Mary, I-R-N-A-T-Y, Comernity. For $110 to $130 per dose, this is about four times the current selling price and 100 times the estimated cost of manufacturing the vaccine. It costs an estimated $1.18, $1.18. It costs an estimated $1.18 to produce a vial of vaccine. According to the People's Vaccine Alliance, a coalition of over 100 organizations working to end vaccine equity, Pfizer spends less than $1.20 to produce each dose of vaccine. This estimate was drawn from an analysis conducted by international nonprofit Oxfam based on data from Consumer Advocate, Public Citizen, and the Imperial College of London. Pfizer has not challenged the estimate, which would imply that the 2023 price represents a 10,000% markup over the manufacturing costs. But the company did provide an explanation for the price hike. So why is Pfizer raising the price of its COVID-19 vaccine? There are key differences between an emergency and traditional model that increased the cost of making and and distributing the COVID-19 vaccine. These costs, the company says, include distributing through multiple channels and payers instead of one. All right, so kudos to socialism. That's what they're saying. They're saying it's better if the government, like China, controls everything because then we can cut down on our costs, uh, our expense to market. And you know who put that out? Jennifer Say, the of the former CEO of Levi's, uh, who's been in the news lately, complaining about woke politics. 
You know what else Jennifer Say says, the former CEO of Levi's? No, everyone should not get a medal in youth sports. The real value is in losing sometimes, but have having some fun while doing it. That's the key. She put that out. That's her, her, her own substack. she wrote that. But the main story is corporate leaders want us to believe that they are doing good. They are do-gooders, not money grubbers. They'll get rich too, but they don't want you to think that uh, there that there is a mission. And more importantly, they don't want to think that about themselves. So former Levi's top exec reveals how woke mobs took over corporations. Jennifer Say was Levi's brand president and on track to be the jean company's CEO. But when she complained online, uh, when she complained online about the, the extended lockdowns, she was ousted. So it says here, um, but when she complained online about extended school closures and their effect on children, she was attacked and falsely labeled a COVID denier who wanted to get former President Donald Trump reelected. Levi's management gave her a choice. Shut up or leave. As she explained in her new memoir, Levi's Unbuttoned. I should get her on the show. Say felt she had to quit her dream job on principle. In this exclusive excerpt, Say explains how many of today's CEOs lacking the, any backbone, yet desperate to be seen or as good, cave to perform, performative woke mobs? This is one explanation of woke capitalism. I think that there's, there's more than this. I think this is uh, her purview and her perspective and what she saw, and what she saw was probably right on the money. So woke capitalism is corporate America's attempt to profit off millennial and Gen Z activism, often passive keyboard activism. It exploits social justice politics and transforms it into social justice commerism, consumerism, and ultimately investor profit. Companies purporting to care about progressive values are really doing nothing more than striking a superficial pose meant to signal virtual while distracting from any company's true motive, financial gain for shareholders. And of course, they have a fiduciary duty to do that. All of that is true, but there is more to it, in, in her opinion. First, you've got CEOs and executives who want to distance themselves from the greedy image of past business leaders. They want to know that they're, they are not like the ruthless banking moguls and oil tycoons from years gone by. They aren't destroying the planet, and they aren't taking advantage of consumers with subprime mortgages. They aren't stealing or grifting. They're helping. They aren't in it for themselves. They care about you. That's what they care about. It sort of reminds me of a Supreme Court justice named Chief Justice Roberts, who seemed to care more about his image than the actual justice itself. I mean, Sam Alito has been out talking about how the leaker has never been found and how it put uh, Supreme Court justices' lives at risk. 
which is a whole nother thing. Meanwhile, we're in the midst of uh, this election season. We have 13 days until the election, until we take back our country, and it's a great opportunity. And we have to do better than just win. We have to beat the algorithm because we know they're cheating. We know this. And yet still, you have you have um, Hillary Clinton coming out with her completely strange dialogue. Right-wing extremists, extremists she said, says, already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. Let's take a listen. Hello, Indivisibles. I'm here to highlight something that <laughs> is keeping me up at night. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections, and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead, because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing-controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote or even by the anachronistic electoral college, but by state legislatures many of them Republican-controlled. But there's also good news in the face of this very real threat to democracy. Indivisible has launched Crush the Coup to make sure we're ready to defend democracy in 2024. Yeah. Well, I think what she's saying is she's saying we need to authorize our own election fraud, that their election fraud that doesn't exist justifies our election fraud and that's how we won last time that's how we're going to win this time i believe that is what is going on there i also believe that they understand that they can't rig the midterms nearly as much as they can the gc for whatever reason that is i haven't quite figured it out yet but i mean this started in 2018 i think it actually started in 2012 with Obama against Mitt Romney. But they they didn't perform well. Under the Obama regime, he lost every midterm when when he wasn't on the ballot. I think that there's another level of rigging on the presidential elections um, that is uh, something I just don't fully understand yet. But I will say this. I think that they know that they're going to get a beatdown And so she's basically saying the only reason why, you know, the same people that are saying uh, J6 election deniers, Trump supporters, election deniers, she's already the first one now denying the outcome of the 2024 election. How do you like that? Meanwhile, we have evidence of of all kinds of meddling and rigging an election. The Russian hoax is a great example. 
Uh, J6 is yet another. And it goes beyond that. Listen to this. Listen to Katie Hobbs, twin sister, who says the Democrats helped fund extreme Trump-endorsed candidates. The Democratic Party was, this is going to blow up in their faces. You watch. Take a listen to this. Becky Hobbs. So all across the country, Democrat candidates, not candidates themselves, but the party, was putting money in primaries into the races of the extreme Trump-endorsed candidates, as opposed to the moderate Republicans that were running because they wanted those extremists to win because they knew that the Dems had a better chance of winning their races against the extremist candidates than they did against the moderate Republicans. A fierce gubernatorial race is underway between current Secretary of State Democrat Katie Hobbs and Republican candidate Carrie Lake. Our undercover journalist sat with Becky Hobbs, that's Katie Hobbs's twin sister, and uncovered a surprising, if not shocking, national Democrat strategy to help Carrie Lake win her primary. So the Dem Party put money into those extremist races so that that would be... And okay, so on election night, on primary night, when we we were at Katie's event on primary night, and she didn't know the night of the election who her opponent was going to be, but Karen Taylor Robeson was up by 10. Yeah. And it was kind of like it took the air out of the room because everyone knew that Katie was polling better against Carrie Lake, and everyone knew that Katie had a better chance to win against Carrie Lake. Everyone wanted Carrie Lake to be the nominee. So it was kind of like this sigh of relief when Carrie Lake actually ended up winning. Yeah. Because Katie, it's a better opponent for her. Because yeah. she's because she's like Trump. So. Yeah. so it will be easier for her to win. Right. This brings into question rhetoric in the news media, urging that democracy itself is at stake in this midterm election. So which is it? Are Trump-backed candidates a genuine threat? Or is it all engineered by the Democratic Party to alter public perception for their benefit? You decide. All right, so here's my take on that. Now that's a twisted, that's a, uh, that's a uh, like a reverse psychology kind of thing going on there, is what I think is happening. I think that they did it. They did the exact same thing. They did the exact same thing in 2015 when all the comedians on television said, "I want Trump to run." I'll pay you to run. I want Trump to run. That would be so fantastic. And of course, we would be assured victory. And they knew deep down in their gut, the only candidate they could not beat in a rigged system was Donald Trump. They didn't have the algorithm for it. Trump was off the charts. And how do you explain the fact that Trump got the most votes of any incumbent in history. And how do you explain the fact that Trump performed the best and gets the biggest crowds and has the most enthusiasm and has exposed these criminals for all that they're worth? Which is nothing. So Trump has done more to lift the veil off of the wizard that runs things. And 
He has done it all. And when you think about this, you cannot tell me for one second that they would have rather run against uh, Kerry Lake than Robson in the the, uh, Kerry Lake's Republican challenger in the Arizona governor's race. So that primary, when Kerry Lake beat, I think that the polls wanted Robson to win. That's why Robson was up 10, 10 points. I think the Democrats wanted Robson to win because they knew they would beat her. And they knew Carrie Lake was going to be trouble. We played clips from Carrie Lake yesterday. She's a rock star. She looks like a million bucks. And she calls the media out for everything that they're about. Very Trump-esque. And to me, that undercover expose, I think, was busted. I think that Becky Hobbs knew that she was being undercover. And she was telling a twisted tale there was a double psychology to that twist, which is basically to try to diminish Trump as a joke and diminish Kerry Lake as the one that they wanted because they know they could beat her. And what they're going to find out on Election Day is none of those things were true, that Trump-endorsed candidates are not a joke. They're the biggest threat to the liberal agenda, woke agenda, And they don't want to run against that because it's the Trump candidates that support border security, strong military, uh, a a smaller government, less taxation, and less regulation. We just want the government to stay the hell out of our lives. And it's the Trump candidates that are the ones that are all about that. It's the Mitch McConnell candidates that are not about that. The Lisa Murkowskis and the kind of um, uh, politicians, the so-called Republican politicians that got us to in this, this quagmire in the first place. So I believe that that was a whole hoax. So this is our last question. So I want to play something else for you. And uh, this is a MSNBC tries to push the January 6th scam on a focus group, and they're not having their uh, any of their nonsense. Mastriano was at the insurrection, and he was... Mastriano's running for governor in the state of Pennsylvania. Let's take a listen. Mastriano was at the insurrection, and he was photographed breaching one of the restricted areas. Is that Okay. Which area? Because I saw video. By the way, this was in Pittsburgh area, in the Pittsburgh area. Okay, so that's why Mastriano was, came up. But let's take a listen. Mastriano was at the insurrection, and he was photographed breaching one of the restricted areas. Is that okay? Which area? Because I saw video where Capitol officers yes. were taking away barriers and unlocking doors. doors. People. So, yeah. I mean, I... They opened the gates So it shouldn't be disqualifying for an elected official no. No. if they no, participated in January 6th? He didn't, he didn't strike anybody? He didn't hurt anybody? Yeah, and the only one that died was a protester there, not a Capitol police An unarmed officer. female veteran. Was That's the only one police. that died. That's well, the only one who died. A police officer did die. No. It was a stroke. That's not. 
That's not, not on site. Caused by that, that's because right. he shouldn't have been a police officer. It was one woman. So, what do you her. make though overall of January sixth? I mean, it was watching that footage. It was pretty disturbing. I mean, there were people throwing excrement at the walls, and it was our, you know, it's the Capitol. That it looked a true. lot like Antifa's actions. Yeah, it looked a lot, of, except on a much smaller scale. It looked the same as the. Black Lives Matter rights. That's it's what I saw, the similarities to me. Minneapolis burns, Kenosha burns. But so it's okay Waukesha just because, just because I, one side that you no, disagree with? I'm saying okay Antifa for, infiltrated. It's good for one, it's good for the other. Anybody I don't who harmed anybody, way. anybody who caused property destruction, that needs to be dealt with. Yeah, but if you're there making side. your voice heard at the right. people's house, no less, yeah. that, I, that's, again, it's a fundamental constitutional right of an American citizen. And people should not be being held political prisoner uh, because of it. For misdemeanors. That's I mean, East Germany. That's East Germany. Tactics. Yeah, that's what's scary. It was an actual fiery but mostly peaceful protest. And the other ones that, that were the opposite. <laughs> was the protest legitimate our, in your eyes administration, because... I feel like, is using it as their Reichstag fire. Yeah. That's exactly what they're using it as. Mm -hmm. Do you think that President Trump could have quelled the violence that day? Not him personally. I don't think no. so, no. I don't think so. It started while he was still speaking. I was actually there. I, I, I was there to, to see what I thought was going to be the last time I ever saw Trump a little dying. So did he tell everybody to go and, and start riding? No. I didn't think so. No, I, and it actually, um, I, I, I stayed for the whole speech, like, a ton of people did. Mm -hmm. And then we all headed to the Capitol because he said, let's go to the Capitol and, and peacefully, let, peacefully let our voices keyword. be heard. And we get to the Capitol and we're like, what the hell's going on? Because it had already happened. I'm pretty sure I saw Democratic operatives instigating people to oh, cross totally. barriers. And that's all true. You know, we know what, what, what a fix this was. Uh, listen to Nancy Pelosi's daughter's video documentary uh, where this was, this was all staged. So what this is, is the first thing you hear is Paul Pelosi Jr. in the Capitol offices of Nancy Pelosi. The video is being shot by her daughter, who's a documentary uh, video videographer. And so they then tell her to go out and good luck and power to you and all this. So Paul Pelosi, the grandson of, okay, this is Paul Pelosi, the grandson, grandson of Nancy Pelosi. Okay, Yeah. Okay, go get him, Yumi. Go get him, Yumi. Uh, probably Mima or Grandma or whatever. So this is probably her daughter's, who's filming this, son, is also in the room. So now she's walking out of the office, and they say, go get him. And then she waves to the cameras. At 12.50 p.m. Those are the boxes. And they're the filming the, the, the electoral vote boxes. And at 1.01 p.m., you hear this stupid videographer, the Pelosi's, saying, oh, my God, how did that guy get up there? And draws attention to this guy who's on the phone, probably 
with Paul the grandson waiting for the queue, waving a flag, and that is Ray Epps. Speak about the happen. What if they try and run the Capitol? What if they try to run the Capitol? Like this stupid grandson has a clue, right? Yeah. Okay, go get him, Mimi. So that's what's going on there. This thing was staged from start to finish. And once we take back the house, we get to the bottom of these tapes. There's 10,000 hours of tapes, over 10,000 hours of tapes that we need access to. And then here, let's take a listen to um, uh, Devin Nunes on the hoax. And the final point on that, that video that you're showing there, we now have just found out that that was a special camera crew that came in to film what I guess was a documentary. It's almost as if they wanted this to happen and they wanted to get her on tape. And that's she is acting there. So I know it sounds ridiculous what she said. I'm going to punch Donald, Donald Trump. She's acting. That's all. That's plain and simple. All that is later that day. And this is the final point I'll make. Later that night, when the riders were cleared from the building, we went back and voted. It was probably 10, 11 o'clock at night. I can tell you that the Democrats, late at night, they were laughing. They weren't sad. They weren't crying. They weren't scared. They were laughing and saying, we're going to get there. This is going to be political. I even saw some in the dark of night down in the tunnels beneath the Capitol giving each other high fives. So they long planned after that day, maybe even before, to use this as a political stepping stool to beat up Trump. Because, look, they're scared of Trump. I mean, it's amazing. Here we are. He's, he's been out of office for, for, for nearly two years now, and they spend every waking moment attacking the former president, whether it's raiding Mar-a-Lago or whether it's attacking, look, even us here at True Social, we're being attacked every single day by these screwballs. You know, we can't even get our, our, our financing approved because the Biden SEC is stopping it. That's how ridiculous this has become. Wow. And how much they hate Donald Trump. It is. Yeah, they hate him. They hate him. They hate him with a passion. And yet they're trying to actually play it off like he's a joke. He's a joke. Right? But he's not a joke, obviously. So uh, we're going to listen to a series of clips. This is the one I wanted to get to yesterday. This was Ted Cruz on The View. The IQ difference in this discussion is hilarious. Let's take a listen. Democrats had been undermining the Constitution and undermining democracy. And that, that the book that is coming out tomorrow yeah. is on exactly that topic, how the Department of Justice and the FBI have been turned into partisan weapons right. to attack the political opponents right. of the Biden well, administration. Well, in fact, you didn't, but you died that you were supporting gave no respect to the Justice Department, gave no respect to how it's supposed to work. He doesn't recognize a subpoena. We got to fight to get people to come and do something. Well, you're talking about we corrupted it. You guys don't pay any attention to it. Well, and, and, and... That's a great talking point. It, I don't, it, it, sir, it I don't ha- do talking points. Okay. This is just how I feel. But it happens not to be true. 
Oh, so, honey. So if you look at, you guys at the beginning of the show had this long discussion about, is Donald Trump going to testify under oath? Of course he's not. Nobody thinks he is. And by the way, did Barack Obama testify under oath? No. He never defied a congressional subpoena. Uh, but, no, but you know, right. you, you know who did? You know who did? Eric, Eric Holder. Holder. Eric Holder, the okay, Attorney so. General of the United States, was held in contempt and, and tried to cover up the malfeasance of the Department of Justice. He refused to show up for, 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 for the subpoena. He was held in contempt. Donald Trump weaponized the Department nothing. of Justice. Give me one example. But, Bill Barr. Real quick. Okay, you, you said a name. Let what me get a chance to get it. Okay, weaponized. Give me the target that was persecuted, because I can tell you who the Democrats, Merrick Garland, directed the FBI to go after moms and dads who go to school boards and to treat them as domestic terrorists using the Patriot Act. That is fundamentally wrong. If well, that's uh, what I like to call an old-fashioned beatdown. Anna Navarro on The, the View gets triggered, uh, suggesting that um, Ted Cruz is yelling at her. And then Hillary Clinton says the election is stolen from you. Hillary Clinton in 2002, George W. Bush was selected, not elected. Joe Biden, Al Gore was, was elected president. So Joe Biden... Yeah. You just said we don't Bush scream at each other, right? Or, do, or, or is it just you that gets to okay. scream? Okay, no, no, I agree. Okay, I, then lower your voice because okay. we are very close okay. to it. Is it Hillary Clinton? Okay, now let's take a listen to this one. Did, win, but not did you win? No, you know... Whoops. Here's the thing. We may not like when Republicans win, but we don't go and we don't storm. We don't try to change. But we'll go to the did, did I miss an entire year of Antifa riots where cities across this country are burning and, and police cars well, are being yeah, firebombed? Your position is the left doesn't engage in violence, really? No, they wanted to nuke our friend Mike Pence. Like, we how didn't do, we make you sense just of that? accused us of doing something we didn't do. Look as win, but. And here's uh, one more, one more from this uh, exchange. What is the Republican agenda? It's very simple. I'll give you three words. Jobs, freedom, and security. When it comes to okay. jobs, listen, when you cut taxes, when you reduce regulations, when small businesses expand, you have lots and lots of jobs. Does Under the Trump government still? Uh, sure, no, no, government has important roles, but, but let's be clear. Under the Trump administration, with Republican majorities in both houses... We had the lowest unemployment in 50 years. We had the lowest African-American unemployment deficit in ever recorded. No, not we're at 31 trillion now. So I agree the deficit. Listen, I've stood up to my own party a bunch of times. But when you've got poverty going down, we had the lowest African-American unemployment ever recorded, lowest Hispanic unemployment ever recorded. That's a big deal. And this election in November, I think, is going to be a tidal wave. I think Republicans are going to retake both houses. And the biggest reason, people at home are saying, okay, is my life better today than it was two years ago? And I think for the vast majority of Americans, the answer is no. What is the Republican? That was a brilliant, brilliant response. Um, you got to give it to Ted Cruz. He was a debating champion for a reason. But guess who beat him? Donald Trump beat him. Um, all right. So then we had debates uh, going across the board. Um, here's one that just really flabbergasted everybody um and this was whitmer and dixon where governor whitmer said she uh only locked kids down uh for three months that's they're still locked down in some places mrs dixon says that i kept students out longer than any other state that's just not true i worked closely with my republican and democratic governors and kids were out for three months 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure I just heard an audible gasp around town when Gretchen Whitmer said that kids were out of school for three months. Perhaps she wasn't paying attention to what was actually happening. Even We even had schools that were closed this year. She's being dishonest about even trying to get into these schools to get these schools back on track. Tudor Dixon uh, said she would accept the will of the people if proposal three, the abortion uh, law passed. All right. So that was a that was a bold faced lie. Um, take a listen to Katie Hobbs out in Arizona going against uh, Carrie Lake. Uh, won't say if she supports forcing Arizona kids to be vaccinated for COVID in our in order to attend our schools. We have to all step up as adults and protect America's children. Would you allow the COVID vaccine to go on the vaccine schedule for children to attend school? Uh, is that... I, I, is, Sorry, so the CDC oh. is um, sort of moving toward adding the, the COVID vaccine to the recommendation for um, you know school vaccines. It's up to the states to actually decide what's on that list for in their state. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, would your Department of Health Services put the COVID vaccine on the list of required vaccines for, for children in school? Uh, that is not something I have contemplated so yeah haven't thought about it but yeah you could just rest assured katie hobbs and her pedigree will do that um we all uh, so that was uh that was that and then tudor dixon misplaced priorities broken promises let's take a listen to this I'm running for governor because Gretchen Whitmer has taken us on the wrong track. She's pushed a radical, progressive social agenda, and she hasn't listened to the problems you have every single day. Radical agendas leave, lead to dangerous things to happen in the state. We've lost 82,000 jobs. We see our, our reading scores have plummeted. Our graduation rates have dropped. Our cities are less safe, and the roads aren't fixed. Misplaced priorities, broken promises and no plan. That's what my opponent has to offer. But tonight, you have another opportunity. We can make a change. In 14 days, you can change course. In 14 days, you can put Michigan back on the right track. I'm running. All right, so we're 13 days now, and uh, let's take a listen to I Will Put Parents Over Politics. This is a really short clip. I Will Put Parents Over Politics. I will put students over systems. I like that a lot. And uh, this one's another one. I will never require your child to receive a COVID vaccine. So this is our last question. I have to read it very quickly. Um, Last week, the CDC recommended adding COVID-19 vaccines to the recommended immunization schedule uh, for both children and adults. This is exactly the Katie Hobbs question that she couldn't answer. Next year got to be very adamant about this. This is not a mandate. This was a recommendation. This happens every single year. So as governor of Michigan, do you take them up on that recommendation and make sure that the COVID-19 vaccination be required for school attendance, Mrs. Dixon? Yeah, I want to be very clear about this. This is a parent's decision. There will never be a mandate for the COVID-19 vaccine for children to go to school in a Dixon administration. I'm anxious to hear what Gretchen Whitmer has to say because she was forcing the vaccine on people. You remember her program, Vax to Normal? You could only get your liberties and freedoms back if you got your neighbor vaccinated. She will likely push this on your children. I want you to know 
that I will never push the COVID-19 vaccine on your children. That is your choice, and it will always be your choice as long as I am your governor. Governor Wimmer. No, I do not support requiring the COVID vaccine for children. Well, let's talk about COVID. It hit our state hard. It hit this community incredibly hard. We had hospitals that were full. We had morgues that were full. We had refrigerated trucks outside of hospitals because we didn't even have enough masks for our doctors and didn't have a place to put deceased people. We made quick decisions to save lives, and studies show we saved thousands. I am proud of that. But while I was getting death threats, saving lives during COVID, my opponent was sowing conspiracy theories. She was saying that kids couldn't get impacted. No need for masks. She even said vaccines carried the mark of the beast and government trackers. It's that kind of foolishness that actually endangers people. If she had been governor during COVID, thousands more people would have died. Mrs. Dixon? If that were at all true, why would I have gotten the vaccine myself? The governor is being dishonest once again. But that's what you do when you don't have policies to run on, when you killed more seniors than almost any other state, when you were told to stop the policy, but you kept it going, when you had such extreme unemployment fraud that you lost eight and a half billion dollars worth of taxpayer money. She crushed our economy. 3,000 businesses, 3,000 restaurants died under Gretchen Whitmer and never came back. She kept our kids out of school. Mrs. Dixon, I'm sorry I have to keep us on time. All right, so we have a caller on the air. This is John from Chicago. What did you think of that exchange, John? Hey, I'll be real quick. Well, suffering succotash. I thought that was Yosemite Sam moderating the debate there. Boy, yeah. he, he had a speech problem. Yeah. Anyway, um, if you listen to him, he really is. But uh, that one and the Katie Hobbs one really set me off because the first one with the Katie Hobbs saying, well, I really haven't thought about adding COVID vaccines to the childhood vaccination schedule as a requirement to enter school. That is so dishonest. You have to be a tree stump not to be aware of the issue. And yet she comes up with that lame excuse. Now, she needs to be called on that because that is fundamentally dishonest. She's just trying to dodge the question. That is at least be honest about it. And this is where the media bias comes into play. A media, a real media should dog her to get the right or the, the answer, whatever the it truth. is. Yeah, people get need to vote answer. on the truth. Well, it, if, if they're going to elect her after that kind of dissembling, then they'll elect a banana peel governor in Arizona if they got a Democrat in front of their name. Because if, if you're going to get away with that, then really you deserve what you get. And regarding Whitmer, another thing that we had to talk about, just start playing and hammering her for the ridiculous restrictions when she was... Uh, managing the COVID uh, situation. Remember her getting on TV and saying, you can go to the hardware store, but you can't go to the garden section. Right. And she did do that. Yeah. This kind of thing is nonsense. We forget about micromanaging that. micromanaging where... Well, yeah, well, I'm sorry? We forget about that. That's true. I, exactly. That has to be talked about again and again. I just want to see that emphasized. So that we, you know, we sort of, we, we, you know, make these people pay for what they did. So, but the media won't do it. And we have to be really astute about doing that, not miss these points. And that's where Ted Cruz is pretty good because he does hammer that. So I just wanted to, the, the Katie Hobbs things really set me off because it just goes in the memory hole, the things these people did. Though. Oh my goodness. You know, but that was one of them, you know, it's like, okay, so these are white people products over here. Uh, we're going to go ahead and ban these for COVID restrictions. 
um, you know, so that people with these big fancy houses can't do their landscaping while they're stuck at home under COVID lockdowns. You recall that, right? Oh, I didn't know that. She did she say that? No, no, no. I mean, that's that's what was in essence happening. You'd walk into a home oh, yeah, depot, yeah, yeah. and you couldn't right. get the garden hose and the landscaping tools uh, for some right. reason because <laughs> because those were white people problems, right? Or or people with houses. Oh, problems. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I'm locked yeah, in, yeah. in a home. I could do home gardening. I could do all kinds of different home improvement projects, um, and those were blocked off for political reasons because people were going to use the lockdown to to build a deck on their house or something well to punish their political enemies yes you know the the the, whoever is not popular yeah Yeah. that that was happening and you could buy you could buy an american flag well, as they say in medicine, first do no harm. Uh, that that one was thrown out the window yeah. by the CDC. But first do no harm. And you know, she she made another comment there. But well, she uh, Dixon said that uh, there's no harm to children. Well, there basically was no harm to children. There's almost no kid you can name in America who died from COVID. And the mass, therefore, you know, really did nothing because nothing really happened to them. Now. They could be capable of transmitting yeah. it, I suppose. Yeah, but, but but they didn't really seem to transmit it or get it. Yeah, and right now there's something I read the other day in one of the uh, sort of the medical alerts I get was that about eighty five percent of children under I think seventeen already have COVID antibodies, and most of them you didn't even know they had it. That's right. So in fact, Whitmer's wrong. That's it, right. The, the kids weren't a threat, and she locked them down for only three months. That's but, right. Okay. That's right. Those numbers nope. actually speak for volumes. And then the other numbers that speak volumes are the lower grade scores, you know, but we're out of time. And, uh, but thank yeah. you so much for calling in today. All right. Thanks, Scott. Have Take a great care. Day. Bye. All right. Let's see if I can get this clip in really quick. Um, we're, we are out of time, but here's one last one. The this first is, day that I'm in office, I'm going to declare a crime emergency Zeldin. and suspend Castle's bail and these other pro-criminal laws because there is a crime emergency. My opponent thinks that right now there's a polio emergency going on, but there's not a crime emergency. Different priorities that I'm hearing from people right now, they're not being represented from this this governor, who still, to this moment, we're at, what are we, halfway through the debate, she still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. Yeah, well, that's so true. Anyway, I'm glad we got Lee Zeldin in. There was a lot of great debates in the last 24 to 48 hours. And um, the Republicans won every single one of them, hands down. It wasn't even close. Um, Which means we need more debates, really. And we need less mail-in balloting and we need less election fraud. And the Republicans can take back their country. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out our our gold partner, Genesis Gold, where you could transfer your IRA to pure gold. Dial 1-800-385-4653. That's 1-800-385-GOLD. Also, check out Tactical Civics. Find out how you can take your country back locally and tacticalcivics.com. Go to magapac.org to find out how we're advancing America First policies. Use Red State as your My Pillow code, and we'll see you next time on the Ray of the Valley. Just to bury my kids right up to there.